Do you want me to reach out to the guy I know that looted stuff? Yes. On the rest. How uh, many fucking times have you heard of us ask for this? I haven't talked to him in like years, but like he got ostracized by like our entire like high school. <laughs> I would le- I would legitimately love to hear about that, honestly. Wait, Cody, how wait, you're were you guys in high school at the time? No, no, we were we were out of it, but like it was we we're like three years out, so it was still kind of that awkward period where people are still like in university and everyone knows each other, right? Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Especially if like you, everybody doesn't move away or go to college yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. was pretty common for Port Moody because they're yeah, all absolutely, yeah. rich white kids. And so, yeah, the guy, the guy went down, and then he he posted like a thing on Facebook, being like, "Well, they lost, but I came away with like eighteen Louis Vuitton bags." Fucking rock so much. <laughs> Think about that poor Louis Vuitton store owner. I know, poor, poor Mr. Guy. Vuitton. And so, like a. All these people, like, this is, remember, this is Facebook, like, when it's in its peak, when it's oh, yeah. on, right? So all these people are like, dude, are you fucking kidding? You're embarrassing our city. Why would you do that? And, like, yeah, he used to show up at everyone's parties, and then he was just gone for, like, years. See, what you do at that point is you start gifting those Louis Vuitton Yeah, bags. you give them away, or you, whatever. <laughs> but he can't do anything because he publicly favorite. posted he stole it, and then he can't return wow. it or else he'll go to jail. <laughs> so he just, like, <laughs> killed a social crime. People, please listen. Uh, I don't know what episode it would be, but I don't. I don't even know if any of this. L- is going listen in, to some but... of it, please. No, put it in. Put it in. Friendship Simulator works. Whatever. Uh, call in uh, about how bleeps call. It. It, that yeah. is the funniest bleeps call. Bleeps call. <laughs> For when he just wanted to go watch a movie. I might put some stray like audio and stuff in my docu-series which i'm probably actually going to be able to get made hell yes um but uh one thing i've been thinking about for that too is i want to keep the i want to keep the epigraphs that i was doing for the writing but i'll just like they'll just like get said in narration and one of the ones i'm the most excited for is for the lockout episode like i'm going to do 10 or 15 minutes on the lockout and like linden doing the backroom deal and everything that like quote unquote saved the next season that like is the reason why top NHL players are like still making about as much as they were in 2005. Mm. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it in like serious narration voice. And it's just going to be like, there are three elements to hockey for check back check and paycheck. Harry Neal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for hockey fighting in the age of loneliness. Hockey fighting in the age of loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. Um, my, uh, my folks used to on the, like early on in the nineties, early, early nineties on Saturdays, they would all get together, like the three extended families. And, uh, they would just watch wrestling like the whole family. Like my grandpa was the biggest into it, but like all the aunties were really big into it and everything. Like, that was that was just oh, the gosh. show on the weekend that you'd watch together. That's I've always sweet. wanted to go to like uh, to to a wrestling show. Yeah, Sam. They they sound even some of the small ones look really fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's cool. It's a it's like a whole different vibe. We should we should do an episode about wrestling without Justin. I we should just have Justin on every episode so he'll stop replying to us as he listens. And now you're like, actually, we should do the thing that'll make him basically phone us all. We should we should alternate between the two.
you have like a guest on and you're like, all right, we invite you on to talk about wrestling because I think you're a big fan. And then the person's like, no, I think I watched a YouTube video a while ago, but you know, I'm here to talk about it. Really perfect. We should just open up the phone line to, to Yerky and Justin to call in with everything we were wrong about. And we'll just play it at the start of every episode. Seriously do that. Call call it a segment. Or or we have someone on to talk about wrestling, but then we have like someone to talk about like the shitty, boring sport wrestling yeah <laughs> that would Wait, be did you great. guys see the karate thing did, did any of you guys see what happened with the karate yeah it's so there cool. you go jackson uh, did you see it okay no, i i can't oh, okay do... shut up for shut up let me explain what i'm gonna right. what i brought this all up right, all right. basically it was iran versus like what japan cool. no uh saudi arabia the guy this guy from saudi arabia oh well, uh, iran all the way you gotta root for well iran. Well, lucky you. Uh, the guy from Saudi Arabia roundhouse kicks the guy in around in the face. Yeah, knocks him out. But apparently, the rules in karate are that you're not supposed to cause injury. And this oh. is in the gold medal match. And so <laughs> the guy from Saudi Arabia lost. I'm like, <laughs> you're supposed to express control or something like that. So if it looks too violent, <laughs> then they rule that you should have shown more control. So he lost because. That fucking rocks. He knocked a guy out and lost. This guy is unconscious and he gets the gold medal. <laughs> yeah, That's so, so funny. It's kind of like set it on him while he's passed out. <laughs> yeah. I just can't do. I just can't do the Olympics. I just. I. No, I'm I pretty much only watch. You, you watch well because you watch your friends on it, right? Like you do have people you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know about you guys, but this Olympics, like nobody gave a shit. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. I, I even tried to watch rugby, but rugby, the sevens is 20 minutes long. And by the time you see a tweet being like, hey, this rugby game is awesome. By the time you watch it, it's over. Uh, it does it just doesn't feel right to me to watch them when I know that they can't fuck. <laughs> oh, they can. Like, they, they can and they will. I heard the whole thing was a hoax or a. Uh, I heard that thing was fake. You heard the COVID was fake? <laughs> yeah. The cardboard box yes. thing, um, apparently the beds are actually pretty sturdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that was just for cost savings. Oh, man, there's a guy. Not, had nothing to do with at, uh, There's a guy at our place. He comes in like, he's come in like three times. He likes me for, well, I was going to say for whatever reason, but it's going to make complete sense in a second. Um, <laughs> but uh, he just always wants to talk about the CIA. And like the NSA, <laughs> and like likes you. Edward Snowden, uh, uh, yes, and, and yeah. I'm always just like, oh yeah, I know who Daniel Ellsberg is, and he's like, oh really? Nobody knows who, nobody <laughs> knows any of this shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm also insane. Um, so yeah. Wait, how is that relevant to the match? I because he what? said COVID was a hoax. Yeah, and oh, that's okay, another okay, thing okay. that this guy believes, um, or that yeah, it was yeah, released by like China or something. I can't remember. Um, gotcha. no, yeah, you know, yeah. he's like fifty percent right about stuff. I didn't, you know, it's not right about everything. It's right about the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing was volunteering at shelters and like the political opinions that would come up because oh, they'd be more right than the ones I would hear in like the political party shit that I worked worked. <laughs> yeah, at. exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, weird how that works. And it's like it'd be easier to convince them on the stuff that matters than it would ever be to convince like somebody in like a fucking liberal party meeting one billion percent yeah (laughs) oh god i want to kick i want to kick my own ass so much (laughs) oh boy but you don't go to facebook memories anymore because it's just too painful they're so bad facebook memories because i'm pretty sure everyone thinks it's too painful should we talk about omar apps or whatever his name is (laughs) 
Which one is <laughs> the actor? Oh, uh, the, uh, yeah. The, I, I don't remember his the agent's name. Oh, Kevin App. Kevin App. Okay. <laughs> Omar Epps. Is Omar starring as Kevin App? Omar Omar Epps was on House. Oh, him. Okay. He played yeah, yeah. Eric Foreman, which is also the name of <laughs> that seventy <what>? show. <laughs> the, Are you serious? <laughs> of, um, yeah. Also the name of uh, fuck Topher Grace's character on that seventies show. That always fucked me up so much. <laughs> like Doctor Eric Foreman. Oh, you're right. Oh weird. my god. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, should we should we talk about decorated character actor Omar Epps? <laughs> I'd rather talk about decorated character actor Omar Epps than Kevin Epps. A heritage minute on Mike Epps and his career, or Omar Epps and his career. He was in Scream 2. He was in Juice. That's a Canucks reference. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I am your host, Jackson McDonald. With me, as most of the time. As most of the time, it's Yester N. And Ali Hoyt. And joining us as well is returning champion Cody Sievertson. Cody, how's it going? Womp, womp, womp. Oh, um, fellows, pleasure to be with you again. Is it Canucks Harvest now? Oh, yeah. Tell us about this. So I I put out a tweet the other day because I realized all I really wanted to do was put a lifted F-150 on the new logo. <laughs> and uh, so I tweeted it out being like, you can't rush greatness. But whoever, whoever said that never passed a nerd on the highway in a lifted F-150 <laughs> on 35s. And the only interaction I got was like a like from Riley, friend of the program, Riley Miner. Yes, of course, and, yes. And a quote tweet from some guy from Abbotsford with a picture of his lifted F-150. <laughs> That's all that permission you need as far as I'm yeah. concerned. What, are you sure? Was it Chris Favor? It was not. <laughs> it was not Chris Favor. Maybe Favor does seem like he would drive a lifted F one. Dude, he does. I think he does, doesn't I don't, he? I don't know if I don't know if it's lifted. Like they all look lifted to me, but yeah, I only I know think... this because that one time that he owned, I forget who it was. What was that he, amazing? He owned um, some guy. It doesn't matter. That He's guy. Uh, someone. Oh, Pooley's Point. Uh, Tucker's Pullman. Tucker's Pullman. <laughs> Tucker, <laughs> Tucker Pooley's Point. Pullman's Point. <laughs> Tucker Pooley's Point posted his little his boat or whatever, being like, "I'll do all right." And then Faber did the exact same with a picture oh. of his boat and a truck. And I don't know if that's just something he found on Google or if that was like his actual no, like setup. I totally believe it. It looks like a He's picture that was taken. Like, also see Faber not realizing that like Pooley was trying to flex, just be like, "Oh, we're posting our boats." <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, like, like I totally believe that that was his because, I mean, after you've seen what his father looks like, oh um, yeah, oh yeah, man. that's a heritage minute Dude. right there. Just talking about how Jack <laughs> Faber's dad is. <laughs> it, but, listeners, if you if whatever you think a jacked man is, it's yeah. it, it, more, it's more. That's that. It's more. Trust me, it's more. He looks like the the strong dog from the dog meme. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the one that I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so fucking stupid. It's so accurate. That's like my. Uh, oh my god. Anyways, um, Cody is here with us today to uh, to talk to talk about Faber's dad. Yeah, uh, to break down all uh, our guesses as to we're all going to guess Faber Faber's dad's weight. Um, <laughs> then we'll message a mid show and see uh, who's right. Let's all message Traver and ask him how much his dad weighs. <laughs> What's his BMI? He like has to give it to us in stone. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. That's true. Yeah. God, I'm crying laughing. Okay, 
<clears throat> so it is my understanding that amidst a free agent signing period, yes. the Canucks have to also sign players for another team that they now own. Yeah, absolutely. And Cody is our resident expert on that. I resident do. expert who might lose any press privileges by com- continuing to come on the show and continuing to have a Twitter account. We but- had Cody on to like kind of slag off the, uh, you know, the rollout for the AHL team because we all yeah. thought it was kind of lacking a little bit, but this time around, we're actually going to have a bunch of nice things to say. So we thought it was only fair to have Cody come back on and maybe salvage whatever, a little bit of his reputation uh, maybe remaining uh, by saying some nice things about uh, guys like Brady keeper who um, I'm really excited about, you know, yeah. I feel like that's a weird place to start when uh there are a bunch of like bigger signings that happened, but we'll get know, there. Whatever, we'll get there. Yeah, let's start with the good news. What do you think of uh, the uh, sort of depth AHL signings that uh, the Canucks made, Cody? I thought they did a pretty good job. It looks like they kind of went after all the quad A guys that weren't going to be available, but they were all local enough that they would sign to Vancouver to like I don't know get like a top line shot with Abbotsford. Like, I almost feel like that was the pitch. Yeah. And the other thing I like about that, too, is that I, I think all of these guys mostly all signed one way deals, but for under a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, which is you can just bury that. So anybody that doesn't make the team, they're making an NHL salary to play in the AHL, which is a really good gig. Like if you can make yeah. uh, an NHL salary playing hockey, a hop, skip and a jump from the city that the nhl team is in and there's a chance you'll get called up like that's pretty attractive to a lot of like quad a players and from a team perspective if you can afford the cash you got to think that protects you from like waiver claims someone's like hey that'd be a useful depth piece yeah you know the fact that you pay him 700 although i guess that doesn't matter because you're cl- if you claim him he has to play in the nhl anyways without going through waivers so right. you're paying him the nhl salary anyway. so never mind that was pointless that is true but there's also value in guys who won't get claimed off of waivers oh for sure you know? like guys that that are good enough to play in the nhl but not really good enough to like get claimed or get interest from other teams like there's value in having your uh fill in depth like whatever just a guy guys and having them be better than everybody else's version of that it helps too that most of the guys that they signed are like 26 or older so some of these guys who are quad a players like the chances of them being worthy of like an nhl spot like on like a good team or like even a worse team like what's the advantage both financially and to your nhl team to pick them up because before it was like who was the best player on the AHL team? It was like Reed Boucher and he was, you know, 29 or whatever. And everybody knew what he was. He was going to be like a star in the AHL, but he wasn't going to give you anything at the AHL level. And that's kind of what they like went for. They're like, let's get maybe not the Reed Boucher's, but guys that are just almost there who no one's really going to see, see or see value in, but we do because we want to win right away. Cause we need to start making money which is very funny right. given last off season being like them doing everything in their power to not spend money. And then this off season's like, okay, we actually have to, we don't have a choice. We have to spend all the money we have. 
and, and the pandemics like for the Aquilinis in their eyes is over for them. Yeah. So they have money yeah. to spend. They were told they're They can have fans in the buildings. I'm assuming. And they were like, they saw yeah. green and we're like, okay, well let's, let's try to make money in both, both of our teams because before they could mm-hmm. care less what happened in Utica because yeah. they were already getting their million dollar fee to let someone else run the team. Yeah. I'm mm. pretty, uh, happy honestly about the fact that the Canucks are going to be incentivized to give a shit about their AHL team now like I think it's beneficial for everyone which is why I always thought it was a bit ridiculous that anyone thought it should stay in Utica yeah it was untenable long term to have that much of a distance between you and your AHL team I, I know like people say the the travel is really good but like that's that's great for your AHL team, but yeah. <laughs> what about your like mm-hmm. parent club mm-hmm. where guys have to, uh, you know? I think the question has to be whether you value like your call ups more or whether you value it as like a completely isolated development environment. Yeah, totally. Right. Because from a completely isolated development environment, Utica is probably great, but the reality is it's somewhere in the middle, so you need something in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I um, agree. With the AHL expanding out west, you know they probably jump the gun, but it's probably fine. Is there any player who specifically stands out to you at the AHL level? Yeah, there's one. And that's only because this is literally what we talked about. Well, my last visit on this show, when you're like talking about, are we laughing about the, uh, the D Pietro goalie situation last, last season when Demko had a concussion, they had just traded away Anders Nielsen and Markstrom was injured. So they had no choice, but to play D Pietro because they completely bungled their goalie situation. And the one move that the Canucks made this this offseason was just getting a third, third string goalie just for the event that if someone is injured at the NHL level, they'll have a guy. Even though they've already got two goalies in the AHL, they went out of their way to acquire someone. And it was Jonah Gadjevich's brother-in-law, which makes it what? very funny. Ah, oh, that's great. <laughs> Wait, who? Who was it? Uh, so they acquired Spencer Martin, who is oh, yes. the brother of Jonah Gadjevich's wife. And uh, I just thought it was very funny. It was like, it was like perfect timing. Cause it was like our episode comes out and then like a week later, <laughs> they, they just acquire a goalie for future considerations. It was like, Oh, they knew, they knew people were going to say you need a bit more than just Arter's silos as your AHL <laughs> backup goalie. Who's played a grand total of one AHL game in the last two like year. So it's yeah. good to see them like act, like that's the best part about this current off scene. It seemed like they actually were planning ahead for the most part, but we can obviously quibble about the actual players. Maybe they identified on the NHL side on of the, at the NHL level. Yeah, the AHL side is like, oh great, they got a bunch of ex- like talented vets who are proven scorers, like rate scorers at the AHL level. That's is great. there anyone that you think potentially has NHL upside? I mean, I'm biased, but I'm really hoping Brady Keeper just shows up and just is just an NHLer, like right yeah. out the gate. Like I'm, I'm down for that. I mean, I do think there are reasons for uh, optimism with Ke- with Keeper because he, um, he's he had kind of a unique development path. He didn't really play organized hockey until. Later on, he, I believe, grew up on the res or at least grew up in like a very remote area without a lot of support for yeah. him in Manitoba. And so he didn't really get in touch with pro level strength and conditioning people or dietitians or trainers or um, even like 
power skating coaching or anything like that until uh, he was basically, I think, signed uh, to like a one year deal or an ELC maybe in Florida. Mm hmm. I know he was somebody that got brought in when the computer boys were there, I believe. Um, so I think he potentially, yeah, might have some, some untapped potential. I mean, I think I'm biased as well uh, because I just, you know, I always root for, it'd be cool for the Canucks to have like another indigenous guy. Who's uh who's a good, a good player. And like I, anybody, I always root for anybody who like didn't have the resources and, and still like trucked it out. Like my, I was, sure, yeah. I was rooting for Michael Furlan for the same reason, you know? Yeah. And, and I suppose actually it's worth mentioning too, that he has, they have officially announced that he, his career is over, which is too bad. Yeah. Um, that sucks. I thought that was sad. Oh, I didn't catch that actually. Yeah. A guy I was rooting for. I, I thought, I, I think it's ultimately, I think it's great that like Jim Benning basically tricked Francesco into like giving him a lot of money for his retirement an like, uninsurable amount of money. Like that's so amazing. <laughs> Absolutely oh, yeah. rocks. Yeah. Pretty cool. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. That that's great. Do you guys think that there's a bunch of like first year university students out there who like live on campus and they like, <clears throat> they don't understand how to speak properly or like maybe English is not their first language or they're just not local. And they say they live on the res when they mean that they live on res. <laughs> yes, that is definitely, I've definitely heard that phrase. I that that phrase almost certainly. Happens. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I believe that. hundred Oh gosh. Anyways, that's, uh, that's cool to hear about Brady keeper. And uh, also he actually has like a good shot to make it because he's like a right shot defenseman, which will yeah. oh. lead us into our, I'm assuming our topic of conversation of the day, which is the Canucks defensive choices for the NHL <laughs> yeah. uh, in this off season. That's why there I'm like, choices. I think Brady keeper has a chance because like, he's been a really good AHL defenseman and he's got the grit and all that. And he's on the one side of defense where the Canucks just have nothing going for them. And is yeah. there also a case to make, I don't know if I repeated this the last time we were on, but <clears throat> you know how when things would happen, like when Jordan Subban was playing in the AHL for us, everybody was like, why don't you play him? Like, call him up. He's mm -hmm. never shot. When, when the player that the media and, and now even fans are going to be clamoring for, like, why don't you give him a shot, is only playing like two hours away from Vancouver. Like, I'm interested to see if there's more pressure on management and coaches to like, call up these guys who are doing well and playing in front of Canucks fans uh, who've seen them. And you kind of can't say no, you can't, you can't say that, or you can say no, but you don't have much of an argument for it. Uh, so I, I, I do, I have some more confidence in the usual that guys like Brady Keeper are going to get a chance. Mm -hmm. Granted, they have the space in their roster to do it. Like you would assume it would happen. Well, yeah, but it's also the Canucks. Someone's going to like someone. 20 guys are going to get hurt, right? <laughs> 20, 20 guys are going to trip all over uh, down the stairs. 20 guys time. are going to have a pancake breakfast and just like everyone's going <laughs> to fall over. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to go to the, the newest uh, banana split shop on in Mount Pleasant and uh, just, just fall over. <laughs> Eggman Larson deals. blows out his knee doing the gross work grind with the Sedines. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe that like they're going to have to bridge one of Pedersen or Hughes, right? They're, they're going to have to yeah. bridge one of Pedersen or Hughes. It's what the second week of the offseason, and there's still no movement on either of those two contracts. Is yeah, bizarre. yeah, and and that <laughs> in the meantime, you've locked in 
OEL and Tucker Poolman, neither of whom necessarily like really even move the needle for you. And like, I, I will say at least uh, with regards to Hughes, like he's a 5013C, I believe is the clause. Um, he's a nonprofit organization. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's the fuck? No, it's a 20. Uh, it's a 10.2C, isn't it? 10.2C, sorry. 5013C, yeah, is a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, he's a 10.2C, <laughs> which is a uh, um, for profit organization. For, uh, yeah, for, uh, well, I no, believe, it's not because he can't get an offer sheet. Yeah, he, he, yeah, it's, it's like for players that, that burnt a year of their ELC and came out of the NCAA, I believe, generally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Besser was a 10.2 as well. It's actually kind of weird that, like, so many NCAA players go for this. I guess it's because it gets you to free agency sooner. Yeah. yeah. But um, it always makes these second contracts. And it gets you off your ELC sooner. Yes. Yeah. Which is good. But, but then it, you get this second contract, which sucks instead of being offer sheet eligible. So they actually have to pay you. <laughs> the second contracts for players like this are always really contentious. Like the negotiations are always contentious. And in, in plenty of cases, like you get, Johnny Gaudreau, who just stays with his team forever. There isn't necessarily anything to it, but it is just sort of frustrating to see them, at least as far as they're playing it publicly, like they don't really seem to be prioritizing getting either of them locked up long term and then just spending that spare cap space that they just cleared on guys like Tucker Pullman. Like I like that's just uh, I have you seen have any of you guys seen much of Pullman at all? Like I yes. don't really I'm just gonna ask. I I thought Tucker Pullman was like some like depth AHL defenseman pick. Who is he? Why 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 do people care about him? Why did I he get don't four know years at two point five? He's a guy. He was like I don't know, he'd be like Luke Shen when Luke Shen was on the Canucks a couple of years ago. And he's just a guy like they didn't even prioritize protecting him because they like they valued Logan Stanley over Tucker Pullman and Logan Stanley isn't good. He's just young. He's just young. He's just younger version of Tucker Pullman and he's bigger, but it's like they're, they're paying, they're paying him a big amount on the hopes that like kind of like the expansion draft promise, like, Oh, if we give him more time or a better pairing he's gonna just be worth the two and a half million dollars over the next four years and i mean i think there is a case to be made that he will look better in more of a depth role than he was forced to play at times in winnipeg right but it's still too much money to pay a guy that might be pretty good in a depth role and the, the, the other thing, too, is that at least what I'm hearing from people who are closer to the team is that they want to play OEL Poolman as their second pair. And that just sounds like Ugh. a disaster. That sounds like um, Spiza uh, Bartkowski. Like, sounds like that- a good Branson play, you know, like we've, we've, we've been told he's really good in a shutdown role, so we're going to do it. Like there was a quote from Benning about, uh, Ekman Larson when he's like yeah I don't know why his plus minus has been rough the last few years and you're like oh no 
You don't you not know? do any research on this guy. You're paying seven million dollars for the next six years. Yeah, so it's the same thing. Like with Tucker Pullman, it's like I'm sure they have they had some pro scouts still working on the team during this whole COVID outbreak. So I have to hope someone was watching Pullman play and really does hope that with like a more prescribed role, he'll be useful and worth that money. But the Ekman Larson comment, which is like the big acquisition makes me think no due diligence was done on anything. And it seems bizarre to me just in general that you're, you're earmarking two and a half million to, to a bet when you've got two star players that you still need to sign. Like yeah. Tampa just extended Braden point to a nine and a half million dollar contract. And they've got like nothing in terms of space to work with. They don't care. They'll figure it out, like who they have to move out, what the cost is when it comes to it. And it's worked. They've won two, two cups because of this like aggressive cap management. Whereas, and their ability the Canucks, to constantly churn out players like that helps <laughs> Boris Kachuk or Alex Bore Boulay or Taylor Radish or yes. Yanni Gord or Tyler Johnson or like all of these guys. And, and normally, you know, like Tampa's ability to do that has been so good that when they make a mistake, like signing Tyler Johnson to the contract that they signed him to, they can weather that storm because it's okay that they got this one inefficient contract because all their other contracts are so efficient. And also for, for Tyler Johnson, like on like any other team, he's still probably pretty decent. Like, yeah, yeah he's not, he's not good on an elite contender, but on the Canucks, like you telling me he wouldn't be a three C. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> no question. <laughs> he'd still be fine. But yeah, as far as, uh, as far as Pullman is concerned, like, I just think this is sort of what happens when like, when you can't, develop any players and the Canucks have had an incredibly hard time identifying talent at the defense position, literally anywhere through the draft, through free agency trades. Like I think someone pulled up a chart recently that was like every Canucks defenseman that's been paid over a million dollars in the Jim Benning era has put up like sub 50% underlying numbers in like basically every category like they've all been like below replacement level great (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's just very yeah it's like it's very and i i do genuinely think that oel is better than all of those guys but i also think that his defensive well i think oel is gonna have like one good season his defensive play though is poor it has been poor yes and it's if gonna they're be better, gonna pair him, but it's still gonna be better with a guy like Tucker Poolman. To me, that just screams like, "Oh, great! Like we're gonna th- they're gonna put the offensive guy who's terrible defensively with the guy who some people kind of think is okay defensively because he's just been around the NHL for a long time and not produced anything at all." You know, like he, he's just a player where nothing like a, ever a replacement level guy happens when he's on the ice, like just nothing. He played last year and I think he had like one assist and one penalty in 36 games or something in like over 30 games. Mm-hmm. Which like congrats, you're you don't take a lot of penalties. But yeah, I, mean, I guess, that's, you know, that's not like a pipe. That's not like a good benchmark you want for like a defenseman for like a guy who's going to be their number four. Ugh, yeah, like. Can we start following a different team? Yeah, the Abbotsford Canucks. Yeah, the Abbotsford team. Yeah. <laughs> the Baby Nuts. 
the baby nuts i think i think i just might become a baby nuts guy i might i might as well i I feel like until the canucks get good defensively i like this is the same i'll become a baby canucks guy when the baby canucks sign jujar kara no, or like the Canucks he won't, but signed Jujar Kara. He went with Chicago, though. Like he, he consensually signed with Chicago. Uh, yeah, like, I he, know. He agreed to it, but I, still, though, it would be cool. It would be cool. I know. I know, Jackson. They all, but they all, all the teams—they're all bad. I know. <laughs> they're all bad, but he is from Surrey, and it would be cool. And then, <laughs> and then you have teams like Carolina, who like actively were cool, and then did everything in their power to to not be cool anymore. Is there another like every time I think there's another team I can look at, they draft they draft a horrible person, or sign a terrible, horrible. or like hire yeah. a terrible yeah. person. Yeah, yeah like like staff. like uh, Carolina <laughs> or Montreal is who I was thinking of, yeah. but that's yeah, Toronto I'm, I'm, that, today again. I'm getting <laughs> yeah, I'm getting into ring at. I'm getting into ring at. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't respect the offside rule anymore. I'm getting into ring at. That's fair. That, rocks. Uh, that seems cool. Then you'll love the baby nucks because they don't respect the offside rule either, and that's why AHL hockey is usually really bad. <laughs> Excellent. I yeah, can't so wait. Love it. Huh. I mean, but like judging on my Twitter history of the last like few months. Assuming I'm allowed inside the arena to cover the team or just allowed inside period. <laughs> I tried to buy like hockey tickets. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we've seen what you said about us rushing greatness. <laughs> we don't have time for you, but in theory, I mean, there's like, there's some good things. Like there's a lot, there's, it's kind of interesting. There's more diversity in the Abbotsford Canucks like organization than there is in Vancouver Canucks organization. Certainly, yeah. Like they have like their Japanese equipment manager. They have an East Indian, uh, I think athletic trainer as well. Oh, cool. They have Brady keeper. Like they're doing all these like little things and they're not like making, like being really loud about it. You know, like Carolina, Philip, Philip for, Giuseppe, of course, of course, of course, <laughs> mama Mia. Uh, but yeah, you have like Carolina, Signing Tony D. I don't think it's right that uh, Quadrelli gets Bear. to cover the team while Digisapi also works for it. I don't think family members shouldn't be it covering each other. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, like you have Carolina like doing awful things, like signing Tony D, and then they also trade for Ethan Bear, and they like promote like how they got Ethan Bear and retweet all this like his the Cree syllabics like jersey and all that, and you're just like. Seems a bit on the nose with what you're trying to do here by being like, we're very progressive with this move. Yeah. Just ignore, ignore the Tony D thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. really grosses me out, which is why I'm like, I, I have to like actually tip my cap and be positive about the Vancouver Canucks organization. Yeah, absolutely. For getting a guy like Brady to try, So they don't try. Yeah. They, they don't have the, they don't have the people in their social media department to, uh, to be on the nose about their signing of Brady keeper. But yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty hype. I'm gonna the first if I'm allowed in to the locker room, my campaign is gonna be to see if he wants a Cree Syllabix uh jersey, and that's all I'm gonna talk about. That's that it. Rocks. Yeah. I uh also thought it was cool that uh Sven Berchi landed in uh Vegas. And yeah. there may potentially there may be a chance to uh see him play against the Abbotsford Canucks, depending on if he cracks the NHL lineup or not. But uh, if he doesn't, I'm definitely going to like, I'll carve that one out on my calendar. I think that would be fun. Well, they traded uh, out we should... Ryan Reeves to make space for him, right? That's true. Yeah. 
We should uh, we should go to a to a Baby Nux game, all of us. Absolutely, oh, yeah. 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 Make sure. going in uh, like one of their first games in October or something. Absolutely, yeah. I would That'd love to go fun. to a Baby Nux game. An uh, uh, Abbotsford motel room has got to be cheap, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Just rent a Winnebago. Hell yeah! Park outside the arena. I actually drove to Abbotsford for the air show the other like yesterday. Man, I did. I forgot how far Abbotsford is. <laughs> I, I am not yeah, looking forward true. to driving from North Delta to Abbotsford on yeah. game days. Like that's gonna <laughs> it's gonna make me question what I've done with my life. <laughs> and you're gonna be with traffic too. It's gonna suck. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be annoying. Do you think they're gonna be good? I mean, just looking at their roster, like I I find it hard to believe they'd be bad because yeah. the the Western Division of the AHL like isn't really that good. There's the Henderson Silver Knights, which is Vegas's team, which is of course very good because what can't they do right? I hate that you know? name so much. It, it's really rough, but their logo is kind of cute. It's like a horse head in the shape of a silver H. It's kind of <laughs> cute, and they wear silver helmets, which is atrocious. So you know they got that going. But oh, you know, do they, they actually wear silver helmets. They do, and it is God. I love. I loved it when the Golden Knights actually wore those golden helmets. They, oh, I, I did too. They're so those ugly. Were, I, I love it when like the leading scorer in some random European league gets the golden helmet. Yeah, so when everyone gets to wear it, that's too much. I I, li- I like the idea. That there's only Swedes mad about that. <laughs> what is a participation trophy? Actually, I'm not mad about this too. The Golden Knights wearing golden helmets is a participation trophy. It's uh, cultural. It's Swedish cultural appropriation, anyways. <laughs> uh, Ooh, we got it from both sides. We got it from the left and right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, they you know like they didn't. It's not meant for for them. You know, like they didn't well, no. they didn't earn the title. <laughs> People in Sweden like worked really hard to get the golden helmet. And now you're just giving it out. to. That has a lot of significance. Exactly. What if Vegas did something where everyone got a golden helmet, but the guy who was performing the worst got like a regular black helmet? A regular helmet. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, he's the guy that needs to pick it up. And when you finally do, you'll get a golden helmet. It's like when you play be a pro mode and chill and like your bad teammates so no one will pass you. Yeah, that's what it should be. You just got to stick out like a sore thumb or thumb. But thrum. Thrum. Yeah, that was a weird one. Um, it's it's going to be funny because like Abbotsford is probably going to be like a top team right out the gate because one of the teams they're going to play against a lot is the LA Kings organization, which is basically a bunch of 21-year-olds. In Manchester Monarchs. Uh, yes. Oh, or is it the Ontario? The Ontario Rain. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's um, the right, it's the Ontario right, right. Rain now. The Canucks, yeah. the the Canucks, the BC Ontario rivalry will continue. That yeah, <laughs> that one fucked me up when I realized when I like I thought for such a long time that it was just like a team <laughs> that was just representing the province of Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> what else would it possibly mean? Yeah. <laughs> when I found out there was a town in California called Ontario, I was like, come on. Fuck you. <laughs> Get your own names. Find your own province names. They should move it to weed. <laughs> what? Weed, California. A, have you guys driven on the on the I-5? No, but uh, that there, rocks. There's a there's like a it's like a class when I was a kid, we used to drive to California a few times to see family. And on the I-5, there'd be this uh, huge sign for like weed 40 miles away. <laughs> if there's ever a uh like Fuck ECHL sub ECHL hockey team SPHL California. They should hire me to be their like <laughs> social media and like image coordinator. Yeah, Weed California. What would you call them? The Weed Joints. I don't know. Uh, 
the weed jointers to celebrate the uh, the, <laughs> the years of carpentry, the, the strong the strong carpentry union there. <laughs> that would be so stupid. Every time I drive down I five, I see the turn off for like Lumi Island, and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's funny. They name never finish, and then I'm like, that's a complete coincidence. <laughs> no. I was going to say we should talk about Edler after since we're talking about the LA Kings, but oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we are. We that's a you're absolutely pour one right. Out. Yeah, pour one out for Alex Edler. Finally gone uh, after many years of thinking he would leave. Kind of weird that he was just like, yeah, LA is fine. <laughs> I, I just he's just <laughs> such a con- he broke the tradition of going to Tampa. It's just weird that someone like so low key and quiet and like reserved would pick like this obnoxious like loud overbearing city like los angeles to be his next home you know right you'd expect him to pick like columbus yeah like after years of basically being like i only know vancouver i don't want to go anywhere else i've never been outside of vancouver or lived outside of vancouver so he chooses los angeles like do you think like covid was like made him realize like oh shit this is the only place i've ever lived (laughs) maybe to like go experience something else that means like famous la kings fans like Tom Hanks and I don't know Bill Simmons have to root for Alex Edler. That's weird. There are some famous LA Kings fans though, isn't Snoop Dogg an LA Kings fan? Snoop Dogg is a fan of every team. Snoop Dogg is a fan of whatever team will yeah, buy him a jersey. Yeah, yeah. West Coast. Smart, He's just a fan of all the West Coast teams. Yeah, yeah. Like I, he used to be a Ducks fan when yeah. the Canucks played them in the playoffs. There's but, a bunch of I, photos of him in like Canucks jerseys and stuff. That yeah. Is it um? I want to say Matthew McConaughey, but the Matthew who played the guy from Friends. Yeah, Matthew Perry. He's like an actual like OG fan. He's been a yeah. fan of them for ages. That's cool. Uh, oh my God. Weed City motto is we'd like to welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what a city. Oh, uh, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> I totally forgot that Drew Doughty signed for like a million more years. It, der- it derives its name from the founder of the local lumber mill. And pioneer Abner Weed. <laughs> what a the statue looks like! I'm shit. looking at the statue. It looks like a Monopoly <laughs> token. Yeah, it does. Uh, it looks like a skeleton. Did a kid make that statue? What is that? It looks terrible. Did you? Okay, this is a completely different sport. But did you guys see Peyton Manning's uh, bust that they unveiled today? No. And they gave him like a giant forehead. Is it okay if I Google Peyton Manning bust or? Yeah, probably. Huh? <laughs> I okay. So I'm speaking of atmospheric Canucks. I'm working on the, the new logo for the site, right? And I was like, oh, I want duct tape. I'm just gonna be as lazy as possible and just duct tape the new site name over the old logo and call it a I like day. That a lot. Because like that that's as, about as much effort as the Vancouver Canucks did branding their farm yeah, team. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. So it made sense, and so I googled duct tape on deviantart.com to get like photoshop resources um just don't do it at work folks if you're listening to this at work don't don't do what i did and okay but you went to deviant work at art but like this was but deviant art is (laughs) deviantworkart.com no but like deviant art used to be like the source for like if you needed photoshop like brushes and whatever templates and stuff you'd go there and search for it and be readily available but it was a lot of bondage stuff, yeah. which was very okay, jarring. I've only ever seen it or heard it to a reference being like, I've only <laughs> ever heard DeviantArt being talked about in context of like horny fan art. It's got a lot of that too. That's why I closed my account. Kind of sad to see Edler go given uh, 
what they sort of, I mean, I guess OELs, I don't know that OEL is any better, actually, honestly. And like when they're just using up the, the, the freed up money on like Tucker Pullman, I don't know. I it's, it's kind of a bummer because uh, I mean, I guess he, he just wanted to finally test the market, but it's kind of a uh, low note to go out on, I guess. It's pretty telling, right? I mean, how many years in a row yeah, was no it kidding. like, are we going to ask Edler to wave or have they done it yet? And then they do it the week of the trade deadline because they can't think ahead to save their lives. And then it's like the one year where it kind of looks like they're going all in again. They're, they're really going to go for it this year. And they're like, Oh, Edler, we'd love to bring you back unless we're capped out. And that's legitimately from Jim Benning, what he said about like to Edler and his camp was, we'd love to bring you back, but we'll see if we're capped out. And it's just like, Oh man. I'm sure he's gonna retire in a year. It's like you might yeah. you might as well just spend your last year making some cash, extra cash that yeah, absolutely. you wouldn't have made here. I mean, on one on one hand, I'd be like, Oh, it'd be great if he could like wonder if the Sedines were a reason he would stay. It's like, well, no, like you could make more millions of dollars. Uh the team's not prioritizing you. Like this just makes sense for it's him. It's also like he spent enough time around the city <laughs> he's given enough to us like he, he saw they he were coming back was like i don't have time for this yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like fuck these guys are gonna make me get in shape again yeah they're gonna make me run the grouse grind <laughs> how many times yeah. they're gonna make oh, me sing those pop dogs in interviews instead of eating them <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait okay you brought that up in a chat i actually don't remember that can you bring up that bit the Sidines think the combination of words milk hot dogs sounds funny because they're swedish so they like paid Kevin Bieksa five bucks to say it in an interview. Milk hot dogs. That rocks. Or something makes no, something like that that makes no sense. I, I imagine them crying, laughing, like absolutely losing their fucking shit. That's like, like the dead pan and everything else. What what's the lacrosse team's name? The well, they're the one owned by the Canucks, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna buy the Warriors and relocate them to Weed. And turn them into a minor hockey team. The weed <laughs> That's gonna be my. That's gonna be my. Um, uh, my like project. My contribution to analytics is you can actually just teach lacrosse players how to skate. <laughs> There's no rule. This is a lacrosse player can't play hockey. Yeah. <laughs> my my market inefficiency is gonna be uh, uh, lacrosse padding on goalies, and using lacrosse nets. <laughs> Wait, we should watch MVP. Absolutely, primate. We should. That's the one. That's the one with the monkey, the chimp playing hockey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chimps, chimp, chimps are in. Apes are generally in right now with their user, so. with their fan base. I, I figure we should watch this. Oh, he's wearing the jersey backwards. His, his numbers are on the front. <laughs> oh, you stupid monkey! <laughs> we got to do uh, the Mighty Ducks uh, series as well. Uh, I don't know. Miracle on Christmas Lake was p- pretty. Brain. That was rough. That was not easy to watch. We should, we should probably uh, keep talking about uh, the, the, the. There's still a couple more players to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, movies we haven't seen. Instead of talking, let's about relitigate Miracle on Christmas Lake. Um, one of my friends watched that movie because of because of oh, our episode. Jesus he, Christ, he, he, that's he was so mad at me. Terrible. Why would anyone do that? Uh, Canucks also re-upped on Travis Hamonic and paid him more money. For two years, for some reason. What did you guys think about that? <laughs> I mean, 
for for all the praise that they get for building like a credible AHL team, like you just look at all the NHL moves and you just shake your head and go like, what, are you guys even trying? The defense looks like it might be really bad. It looks like it's going to be terrible. To be fair, a lot of their NHL moves might be also to try to win the Calder Cup. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you called it at the beginning. Like, I think they're just trying to buy a Calder what, Cup. Yeah. If that's what they're trying to do, I mean, they know Tampa, Tampa did it and that, that led them to success. Maybe Oliver Ekman Larson captaining a team in Abbotsford. That's the version of, that's the AHL version of, uh, helicoptering in Nikita Kucherov for the playoffs is <laughs> waving Oliver Ekman Larson and having him play in Abbotsford. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I like, I kid like, I, I think Oliver Ekman Larson will be like, uh, I don't know. It, it, the thing that worries me about Oliver Ekman Larson is he has the profile of a player who probably wouldn't be that bad if you played him right, but is just going to play like so many minutes. And as a result, just get like, he's a name. So he has to play like 30 right. minutes a night. Yeah. It's like the Canucks, like usual problem, right? Is they identify a player who is good in a very specific role, but they don't ever play them in that role. And the same thing, like the Sam Gagne problem, right? Like they yeah, just saw exactly. fourth line. It's right? the Sam Gagne problem. It's the Brandon Sutter yeah. problem. It's and so, so for Ekman Larson, like they were praising how he'll be good on the power play. And it's like, okay, that's great. But Quinn Hughes is always going to be a you power play have one Quinn guy. Hughes. And Tyler Myers is your power play two guy. So if you take pa- Tyler Myers off of power play two, because you're putting on Ekman Larson and no teams run two defensemen, power plays anymore unless they're awful so then you're gonna have tyler myers contract look even worse because he's not like getting buoyed by power play points anymore and so then that contract looks even worse so that you can make your seven million dollar left shot defenseman look marginally better in comparison like it's just like a recipe for disaster where no matter what happens something bad is gonna come out who could have guessed that the canucks would trade for oel after signing tyler myers like who, oh, man. who could have guessed who could have guessed that the team that looked at their roster with Brandon Sutter on it and was like, we need Jay Beagle would be like, <laughs> you know what will compliment Tyler Myers fantastically? <laughs> Oliver Ekman Larson. Like got an even worse contract. Yeah. It, 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 it this going to be so good in twenty. Well, I made that joke like <laughs> on Twitter after the Edmonton Oilers made an even worse contract signing. And I said, Woof, it's going to yeah. be great when Benning trades the final year of Myers for the final six of Darnell nurse. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what they're going to do. Right. They see a guy with tons of minutes and be like, that's a great contract. And it's going to happen. Speaking of Brandon Sutter too, by the way, like, <laughs> bringing him back on like a one-year deal at 1 million is getting a lot of praise for from a lot of people but it's just like it shouldn't get praise it should just be like yeah okay that's fine like it like 1 million looks good because he used to be making four (laughs) like yeah i don't know it's just i i still think like that's the best player you could find for that role like i have a really hard time believing that i'm on the same page like how like with the same whole thing, like have they done any due diligence on the other guys they signed? Like, did they not even look elsewhere at who could play that role or are they just like that committed to this guy being a foundational player, even though like he wasn't really a good center, he was only a good winger and they still need like a fourth line center because like they couldn't trust Brandon Sutter to do it. 
they had Adam Gaudet doing it, or they had Jay Beagle doing it. So why why are you committing to a, a guy? Why didn't when you go elsewhere? And like his wheels could go at any second too, and then he's just like below. But it's only one level. year, so if his wheels go, then that's you true. Bury him. You send him to the A. He's probably an effective player at the A level. I don't know if and, he would like play at the A level though. I mean, maybe he would, but is there a way that you can measure the reason for every GM in across the NHL of the last 20 years getting fired? And then you could place somehow you could like rank Benning in there for what he hasn't been fired for. Just so you could make the claim that every other GM has been fired for doing worse things. Worse things or for doing not as bad things for not as bad things and betting has like i just <laughs> i mean like do you think about what a meme the david clarkson contract was or like even like the andrew mcdonald contract or like you know like you think about all the big meme contracts like milan lucic or whatever i absolutely like, forgot what andrew mcdonald being the meme worst contract in the league yeah what uh, was his deal again like five for six Literally. or something it, yeah, but it but it was like he was out of the league after like uh, the first year of signing it or something. Um, what D, like uh, Rick DiPietro is another one. I mean, he's a goalie. Well, but that's like, I mean, that was a tough that was a tougher situation though, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. But it was still like a pretty wild contract for them to sign. But like the Canucks have signed like three of those <laughs> or traded yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, the even worse thing, right? It's, it's probably one thing even worse. Yeah. It's one thing to sign your Louis Erickson and bet that he's going to be like your star player or star forward with your like future Hall of Famers. But it's another thing to then double down when things don't go right and you sign a six million dollar defenseman again. And then you trade for a seven million dollar defenseman to triple down on these big, giant, expensive bets. And it's just like what other GM in the last 10 years has signed as many or acquired as many six million plus contracts without winning a Stanley Cup. I don't think there's anyone. It's I mean, I can't wait to read that Reddit post that comes out when they compare all the GMs that were fired in the last decade and just show the amount of dollars out and in for Jim Benning compared to everyone else. And it's just like, oh no, eighty eight hundred million dollars out and in for the Canucks and a playoff series win in the bubble when they played against three opponents that didn't give a shit that they were there. It still rocks so much that like since 2015, the Canucks only playoff series win wasn't in front of fans. <laughs> yeah. That's, so cool. that's just so funny. Like the, as soon as I start just thinking about this as like the game is to see how much money Francesco Aquilini can like lose devaluing yeah. the franchise. Like honestly, it's gone pretty well. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. That was in my player review for Josh Tevez, where I said the best thing that Josh Tevez has done as a member of the Canucks organization is cost Francesco Acolini $1.3 million to play in the ECHL. Yeah. <laughs> like that that's, rocks. that's so good. Yeah. And I love that he like Jim Benning just keeps getting away with it. Somehow he's just beloved by Francesco because he has spent so much of his money over the last seven years for so very little in return. Francesco's <laughs> yeah. into being fin-dommed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby. I heard that in the Italian, uh, the Italian population of Vancouver, like in the seventies, 
Well, from the 70s to like the 90s, uh, they all lived pretty close to each other. But the Aquilini home was known to be the only home of an Italian in Vancouver that had a maid's quarters in it. And that, that kind of said it all. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, good that he's pissed away so much money for absolutely zero playoff revenue. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because the that was always the the like the... Um, the case for like why they were doing it this way is like, well, they need like playoff revenue in the short term. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> Never came. that hasn't happened at all. <laughs> well, might as well fucking go for Calder Cup revenue then, right? Absolutely. On a like slightly more positive note, I guess the one guy who is left that we haven't talked about is uh, Yaro Halak. Yeah. Which I think everybody is probably probably has the same take. Like, I th- think this is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I don't know if I said it on when on my last hit with you guys when you're talking about the goalie situation, but it's like if you're buying a Holpe, all you needed, like, or all you wanted to ask for was Halak or any backup goaltender to be less than 1.5 million, and that's exactly what they got. They, I don't know, I don't know why they signed Holpe to a two year deal or why Holpe would have even signed a two year deal because if he was that eager to like get the hell out of Dodge, so that kind of you know, raises some eyebrows a bit, but you got like, the perfect Andrew Raycroft backup goaltender. Yeah. That's what we wanted. I mean, I think, I mean, <laughs> I think it, it got cut from uh, last week's episode, but what did you say about it, Elliot? Black? I have no idea. I think you said something like you were like, I can't wait for Halak to accidentally get the Canucks into the playoffs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That's how it always works. He's going to, he's going to be, play the game that gets us into the playoffs yeah like watch him watch him just have a freak season and be like and watch demko have a down season and then like it's like a train wreck watch the the thing like not talk being talked about right is demko's on his like five million dollar contract next year and like they better hope that he's still like a a 985 playoff goaltender yeah or whatever because if he's not Good luck trading that. I'm sure. I mean, obviously, someone's going to want a young goaltender on five million, but for the Canucks, like they, I mean, they sacrificed their ability to sign Pedersen or Hughes to bridge deals or going long so that they could sign Tanner Pearson and Demko first. Uh, sorry, yeah. and Poolman and Ekman Larson and buying out two players. Like it would be very funny if Halak came in and was just like, like I've, I hated being second fiddle to Tuka Rask, so I'm going to be a starter now at 38 years 36. old. Yeah, yeah, 36 years yeah. old, and just puts out like a lights out performance and steals the starter job from Demko. <laughs> like that'd be and so canucks. Yeah. It's so amazing. You have a you have a goal uh, goalie controversy with a 37 year old goaltender <laughs> who's a UFA. Seven year old. That would be incredibly goalie. canucks. Yeah. More more realistically though, like. This is the first time the Canucks have had a backup goalie who was just a backup goalie uh, in, mm-hmm. a, in quite a while, it feels like. Or it just felt like we had too good goalie depth for so long that any hope for us to tank well uh, was further diminished, right? And now now there's a bit of a... It's a bit more plausible it could happen. Yeah, like if the bottom falls out, the bottom could truly fall out. Like it's, there's more more of a chance for that. That was that was kind of true last year though too with Holtby. Like I think Halak is better than Holtby. Fair enough. I mean, the Canucks could have signed Halak last year for less than they signed Holtby for, and like Halak posted better numbers. Yeah. 
do you think the uh like what do you think the plan is for mikey di pietro long term like do you think he's the plan is to get him any games this year or i think they're banking on him playing 50 games even though that's going to be impossible on their schedule like they play like 26 back-to-backs in their 68 games so like i don't think it's even possible unless they like don't care about his health yeah (laughs) but i I mean i think the whole spencer martin trade was the uh, like has the 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 hopes for the team is if di pietro is playing out of his mind they'll try and get him some NHL games and they can because it's Abbotsford to Vancouver instead of Utica to, to, Vancouver. to Vancouver. Yeah. And they have Spencer Martin now who can just slide in immediately as a starter because he's been a starter at the AHL level before. Now he can just play backup and be a little bit, you know, coddled. Uh, so they don't have to yeah. worry about that and be embarrassed in the event that, you know, they have to sign some random to like a 38 year old on a one year deal. Like they did with, um, uh, I can't remember his name, but Michael Layton or whoever it was who was yeah, I think hired it was and they had yeah. to sign to a contract just to get him to play for them. Yeah. So this is like good posturing. I have a feeling though, that Di Pietro is probably going to be itching for games, like, especially after a year yeah. when he played seven. I was just about yeah. to ask you about that too. Like, is there any concern there that like he's kind of burnt a year of his development sort of riding the pine or well, I, I've been saying the whole time, like, this is like, like an unforgivable, like waste of a year. Cause it's not like, it's not like the, it wasn't the last year of his ELC, but it was like the middle year, which is the year where you would want to figure out what you have in him. And sure. He got all this time with Ian Clark on the taxi squad, but it's like, that's not game experience. It didn't really prove anything. The Canucks didn't learn anything about it. And now he's, after a year of barely playing, he's going to be thrust into this massive promotion where he's the number one starter again uh, with a huge layoff and not as much game experience in a completely new division, brand new shooters, whole new team and system in front of him. It's a lot to ask of him. And to do that on the final year of his ELC, like that's that sucks for him because obviously he would have wanted to have played all of last year in the AHL or wherever it was instead of, just piss that time away. So the Canucks are basically going to be hoping like, like what if he gets injured, right? Like what if, what if he gets injured and he doesn't play at all this season and then they have to go off of seven years of, or sorry, seven games last year and like, you know, 20 this year and, and like re up on a contract. And yeah. And then they have to figure out what they're going to do with Halak. Then they'll have to figure out, you know, the NHL situation and the AHL situation while trying to figure out, another bridge contract well, for an RFA. They'll have one, at least by then, they'll have one goalie contract off the hooks. <laughs> Luongo's. Oh, yeah! Until uh, they get a recapture penalty for someone else. They'll, they'll trade for Shea Weber, thinking he's going to make a comeback, and then he retires, and he, they immediately get a recapture <laughs> yeah, penalty. They, they somehow end up paying the cap <laughs> yeah. recapture on Shea Weber as well. The only other guy who ever like, realistically might have gotten his team dinged for that yeah but somehow avoid like i was so stoked when they released that one figure and it was like if he retired in the last year of his contract it would be a 21 million dollar cap hit to nashville like i was so hoping for that chaos but then they retroactively fixed the rule and they're like it can't exceed his cap hit because we would look Uh, so so stupid fix the rules eh? (laughs) weird how that works didn't think about what would make you look stupid before you wrote this rule I mean, I guess that's why, like, 
Jim Benning's hung around so long because like he thinks so little about the future, just the way the NHL does. So everyone just like mm. highly regards him for the way he thinks because he thinks exactly like them. Day to day only. I've sort of been making that case about Seattle a little bit where there's like this part of me that is like Ron Francis is doing such a bang on job of like <laughs> valuing players exactly the way the NHL market would that I'm like, maybe if that, what if this is his way of like mining assets and he's just going to like, you know, trade like Eberle and Alexiak and all of these guys after they have like one good season. <laughs> maybe, but doesn't everything Seattle's done just make you convinced like they don't know what they're doing? Pretty much. Yeah. I think they've just picked a really like boring, safe, like, they'll compete for the playoffs in year one and that's it. Like that's yeah. all they really cared about. Just their Stanley like, cup was getting a franchise. There's yeah, their Stanley cup was getting a franchise and getting a defense that's as good as it is. And then the forwards, they were just like, eh, whatever. We'll figure and that the out later. Team is still like, isn't the team still relatively cheap, even though they signed all those big contracts. Yeah. I think they still have like 10 million in space or something. like and that. I wouldn't be surprised if they just carry that space through the first little while because yeah. like honestly looking at it and like I could see how you know they could look at the division and be like okay this is a team that's going to compete for top three in the division for the next like few years and we have all this space and all and all these assets to like when we're ready to go for it we can just go for it because we'll have all this space you know but yeah like, like at, the, at the deadline 10 million is going to go a long way if they're contenders or not contenders so yeah, it just strikes me as like everything they've done so far has has been very like money business oriented. And so like a part of me sort of thinks that this might be like that as well, especially given the fact that they tried to sign Philip Grubauer to an illegal contract. That's really funny. So funny. <laughs> and then they trade and then the VTech Vanacek thing was really funny too. Yeah. <laughs> just trade just they get Philip Grubauer and then just are like, hey, Washington, do you want Vanacek back? Give us yeah. a second round pick. And I I do know that like that kind of looks like they just didn't have a plan, but it does kind of irk me that like when you just buy draft picks by taking on shitty players, people are like, Oh, that's a really good move. Like smart of them to buy a draft pick. But <laughs> if you just like get one for free by taking a guy that, you know, a team wants, like that's a better move. Effectively getting a second round pick for free is better than buying one. Right. So like, while I agree that the, uh, that like overall Seattle strategy, like hasn't been very good. Um, I found it odd that like, that that move didn't get more praise because I think it's kind of like both a genius and be very trolly. So I was a big fan of it. I, I also think people probably look at that trade as like, the, I bet originally Seattle was like, Hey, what will you pay us to not take VTech Vanacek? And it was like, we want a first and a third to not take him. And then when they realized they weren't, you know, taking advantage of anybody, they went back to Washington, like, okay, we take it back. We don't want a first and a third. We'll just take a second. Like, they cowered and went back to them. We'll just take whatever we can get. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Which is just like really funny because it's just it like it's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They just after seeing like the the free agency like craziness, like how much like value was on the tables for trades and signings or whatever, and you just see them like meekly getting a second for a guy that 
Yeah. <laughs> they probably wanted a lot more to not take. Like, that's just really funny. The other thing that I think is funny about Seattle is they haven't signed any bad contracts, but they've signed like five iffy contracts, <laughs> which is like that could end up being completely fine or it could end up being a total disaster. <laughs> it depends on if they can move off of guys that are that like don't work out or not. But I think they yeah. probably can. It's just a question of like, will they want to? A lot of NHL general managers uh, just frankly, like, don't really know how to value hockey players. So, no, they really don't. Case in point, everything the Canucks did with their defense this last season. <laughs> Anything else uh, you guys wanted to get to this week? Uh, don't listen to Kevin App, and that's about it. Yeah, Omar Apps sucks. Oh, yeah, what a jackass. Like, it was one thing when he was on Donnie and Dolly and trying to like, angle for jake to get a signing with montreal but oh yeah i will say by the way it was it was like a generous of kevin up to uh like a week after i said like oh when he's talking about vancouver being too negative he's not talking about oel he's talking about jake for and very nice of kevin up to just come out and say that for me uh so that you know i didn't have to look like i was speculating i guess I, I just, you know, I don't want to like retread the same ground or whatever, but it's just like it just speaks so much to me of, of how like what a just poster boy his client is for entitled like hockey brat. Like if I was if I was spuriously accused of something and obviously his client was not, but if I was spuriously accused of something and my agent wanted to release that as a statement, I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is horrendous. Like, this just makes me look like an asshole. Yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know enough about agents and what strategies and tactics they use and like what ends up working in the long term. But this one, just, just like even the most generous take of it, it just seemed not very polished. It, it didn't. Like, I don't know what agency he's with or I'm anything. Just getting but... like uh, what a ceiling order and a publication ban mixed up. <laughs> like not <laughs> understanding the difference between those was really funny. Or more nefariously counting on people to not understand the difference. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. suppose that's possible too, but I like to just think that they're all fucking stupid because that's been my experience. back on that show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, stop uh, inviting these people on your fucking shows, guys, please. Uh, there like, are other agents to talk to. We've got Kevin App on Donnie and Dolly. We've got, uh, we had fucking John Furlong going on uh, Price, Price yeah. a while ago. Like, just stop doing it. There's so many, there's so many great people to have on. Like, when the Canucks aren't doing well, like, talk about the fucking Kraken. Like, Marissa and GME just got hired down the way. Like, have her on your fucking show like or or like do the thing that donnie and dolly are like designed to do like talk about local football absolutely <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> like fill the air have Faber on donnie and dolly oh yeah how great Fa would that fucking be Faber, uh the positive energy he has the like natural accidentally he's ends up supporting the team line on stuff sometimes i know like, yeah <laughs> is, a, is a great thing uh that like he he's the kind of guy that a team should hire Oh yeah, 100%. honestly, I, 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 I'm gonna guess he wants to stick, stay in covering teams and not being part of Team PR. But like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he's like, the type of guy. Fuck, hire him to just be an equipment manager or something. Like, oh yeah, hire his dad to be your, one of your trainers. <laughs> <laughs>
what if the the cover art for this like it should not be but imagine the cover <laughs> art for this photo is just that photo of Faber's dad <laughs> we don't say anything to Faber about it <laughs> i'm gonna do it fuck it just do that do it do it the dog do the dog the dog yeah i'll do the, the dog, dog. Yeah. yeah it'd be funny just do 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 the dog do the dog <laughs> and then just put chris's face over it <laughs> I just be like, this you. is this is favorite stand. I I could do that, and I'll even put on my. Uh, I'll I'll say it was by me. <laughs> That's a great. Little, Perfect. And a little a little note on it. I'll do that <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me at Vesteran. You can follow me at Muskak. And you can follow me at Cody Sievertson. I've also got a new site coming out soon. It's going to be ahlnuxharvest.com. Leave that out. Don't blame it out. I need the I need the reps. I need the all the support I can get. Once again, that's ahlnuxharvest.com. Fantastic. Uh, and your uh, plug your other show. Oh yeah, I always forget. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm also on a podcast called The Creasecast. Yes, with Lachlan Irvine. With Lachlan Irvine, who has some things coming in the pipeline here pretty quick. We've got some things coming down the pipeline as well. In the meantime, you should also follow the show at Roxy Fever on Twitter and subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. Um, I had fun doing kind of a different uh, vibed solo Heritage Minute this month. That uh, is briefer than our usual ones, but that I worked really hard on. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. Thanks for listening. And you can send your hate mail to Kevin App on Twitter. (laughs) And once again, we are right in our analysis. (laughs) Oh, wait, wrong show. (laughs) All right.